good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star for our very first 1130 service. Give yourselves a great round of applause. Woo! We are so glad you are here. After the big crowd we had at 850 and the packed house at 1010, I was really praying y'all would show up. So I'm really, really glad y'all are here because it's a lot more fun with people in the room. And what a great crowd. I know we've got a group of you in the theater watching and a lot of you watching online today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be here. So I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and take your Bibles, turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28 is where we're gonna camp out this morning. Uh, the easiest way to follow along is the app. Go to North Star Church, Georgia in the App Store. You can uh, download the app. If you already have it on your phone, it's super simple. All the notes are in there, and it just makes, it makes keeping up. You can also take the sermon note sheet, do the QR code, and it will, it will pop up and uh, get you right where we need to go. Today's our second week in our Game Changer series. And last week, we talked about get in position, find your spot, so it's something to celebrate. We had over 400 people last week check to find a new spot on the team here at North Star. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool? I know last hour greeting at one door, last hour, two gentlemen from, they always came to the 930 service, but they were greeting last hour. And between them, I think they have about five baseball state championships and over a thousand wins between them. And they signed up to find their spot. Man, it's a, there's a spot for everybody on the team. And so if you didn't do that, you can get information on it. Today, we're gonna talk about putting the uniform on. It's been fun to look out and see. How many of y'all have a favorite team? Raise your hand. Favorite team. And, and that team has a uniform, and you love to see that uniform walk up, right? So all these jerseys around here today, it's like dress-up day at North Star. I love it. And so it's like everybody dressed up. I love seeing jerseys around the building. But I, I've been around athletes for all these years, and kids love a new uni, man. And there's mojo attached to unis. If you don't know what mojo is, how have you lasted at North Star? All right, so mojo means there's momentum attached there are, there are some Saturdays, my wife's a huge West Virginia fan, West Virginia football fan, and when they walk out and there's a certain jersey they wear, she's like, we'll lose. There's no way. We can't win in that jersey. And so that's how she feels. On I'm like, it's a little early. Let's don't call it like that. Not even worth me watching. They're where we never win in that jersey. All right. So this is, this is a true story. Back when Casey was 10 years old, I was coaching a all-star team out of Adams Park in Kennesaw. We were the 10-year-old and they, they were the B team, all right? And so basically they did tryouts. Then at the end of the tryouts, they went, hey, FYI, we've already picked the first team. If you would like to keep the other kids, you're welcome to coach them. Oh, congratulations, all right? And so I was the coach of the B team. These are the leftover kids. So time out real quick. If any of you are parents and your kids are on the B team and you feel bad about it, not one kid on the A team even went on to play high school baseball. Isn't that amazing? But on the B team, we had a center fielder from Clemson, a running back that went to the University of Alabama and a tennis player that went to LSU. Not too bad, all right? So it's pretty, pretty good. Glad they got left over. It had nothing to do with how I coached them. But anyways, so that, that's the team. So we had two jerseys. We had a blue jersey 
in a red jersey. We were the Kennesaw Titans. Remember the Titans had just come out and we were all about the movie and one of the kids named it. We thought it was great. And so we were the Kennesaw Titans. It was our first summer together. It was awesome. And we played in tournaments and we'd be our, I mean, we were in and out. We were okay. But we were in the final tournament, Dizzy Dean tournament. And it starts, we get hot. So Blue jersey you wore with white pants, red jersey you wore with gray pants, and we did that so parents wouldn't have to wash uniforms. But we started winning in the red jerseys. And I remember we'd do our team meeting after the game. Coach, what are we wearing tomorrow? We're wearing red. But, but we, it's dirty, but it's got wins in it, all right? And so that's what we did. And so we kept wearing red jerseys. And we, I mean, I'm telling you, we are smoking through the 10 and under, I know y'all follow this on ESPN, the 10 and under Dizzy Dean Tournament camp. I mean, we're rolling. Nobody's wanting to play us. We are operating at a high level. And then I got a fateful phone call. Now go to the next picture. This next picture is Kenny Drake, who is now running back with the Oakland Raiders. The last I checked, he was running back with the Raiders. He was with the Dolphins. And that's my son, Casey, who is thrilled to be in the picture, as you can tell. He didn't like the blue jerseys, all right? So there's a story here. So Kenny calls me the night before the championship game. He goes, Coach Mike, it's Kenny. Hey, Kenny, what's up? Got bad news. And I'm thinking Kenny didn't come into the game, which was really bad news. All right, he's really good. And I said, what, what, what's the bad news, Kenny? He said, we bleached the jersey. I went, you did what? He said, we bleached the red jersey. Coach, it's orange now. I'm like, Kenny, you're joking with me. He's coach, I'm not joking. I said, Kenny, don't pull my chain like this, Kenny. You're telling me that your jersey's orange? You're telling me you can't wear the jersey? He said, coach, that's what I'm telling you. I said, where are you at right now? He said, my house. I said, Ann and I are on the way. We went down and got the jersey. Don't judge me. All right, we went down and got the jersey and we tried to dye the jersey. Listen, we went in red. We tried to dye the jersey. So we took the jersey. It's not one of our brighter spots as parents or coaches, but we, coaches, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, this works. And so we're dyeing the jersey, right? We took it, we stuck it in red dye, trying to get the jersey back red again. Do you think it turned red again? No, we wore blue and guess what we did? We lost, and it's Kenny's fault. It's Kenny's fault, I just want you to know that. It's all his fault. Had everything to do with the jersey. But you know what we did with the jersey? We brought it back, and we did what the Greeks would tell you, baptizio meant. We baptized the jersey in red dye, trying to get it the right color. We took it, we put it under water, we baptized it, it just didn't, Take like baptism does. Jesus talks about baptism. Would y'all stand with me and honoring God's word together? Matthew chapter 28. It's the final locker room scene. Jesus has lived for 33 years. He died on a cross on a Friday. Kept telling his disciples it was coming. They didn't believe it, and it did. On Sunday morning, he got up and he walked out of that tomb. We celebrate it now, and that day is Resurrection Sunday. It's Easter, and we celebrate the day Jesus walked out of that tomb. And then he spent the next 
Go back and read it. He spent the next 40 days with his disciples because he is downloading to them everything they are going to need to carry on the mission that he came for. If they don't carry on the mission, you and I are not sitting in this room. So for the next 40 days, Jesus begins to pass it on to them. And this is the final scene before he ascends back to heaven. He tells them these things. He gives them the marching orders. There's 11 of them. They think that maybe even during this time, it may have been up to 120 followers of Jesus were, were present back then. And Jesus gives them these words. I'm telling you, and he is about to be gone. Matthew 28, begin reading in verse 19. Therefore, he tells his disciples, I want you to go and make, what's the next word? Disciples. Everybody in there understood it. Because they were disciples. They did not want him to go. But he left them in charge, and their orders were to go and make disciples, baptizing them, taking under, putting on the uniform, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So whether you're a believer in South Africa, in Taiwan, in Tokyo, in Guatemala, in Honduras, Indonesia, or Ackworth in Kennesaw, Georgia. When you are made a disciple, you put on the uniform, you are baptized. That's the, the one outward symbol that we all wear. And look at what he goes on to say and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Everybody look at me. And they were going to need that because most of them left this. Ten of those, we know Judas is gone, so ten of the eleven died a martyr's death, meaning they were killed for their faith. John died alone on an island, the island of Patmos, but they all knew that the Spirit lived in them and he was with them. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Would you pray with me? Father, you have our attention. You have our hearts. We give you our minds now. Speak to us and teach us what you want us to know. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Before you're seated, turn around and find somebody around you. Introduce yourself to them and tell them who your favorite team is, would you? I need you to do me a favor, and this is something everybody, I know a lot of you did this last week, we're gonna do this again, everybody. Pull out this card. If, if you're in the chair, it's in the seat back in front of you. If you're on the front row, it's under you. So look under and pull out this card. Would you, everybody take out a card. Everybody take out a card. Well, Mike, I filled one out last week. Totally different deal, All right? So I want you to take, take it, put your name on it, your email on it address, whatever information you feel comfortable giving us, that's totally fine. We're not coming to your home, all right? When I leave here today, 
I'm, I'm not coming to visit, all right? And so you're, you're safe. Put your information on there. And if it's your first time or you slipped through and you didn't come by our first time guest tent, we want to be able to know it was your first time here or whatever. Or if you're a regular attender, you can put that and just hold the card. Just hold it. We'll, we'll reference it here at the end. So this is for everybody. It doesn't mean anything. We use this and, and it helps us know people that have been coming to North Star wouldn't even know we're coming to North Star. So anyways, keep that card handy. This is an interesting dialogue Jesus has with these guys. <clears throat> when Jesus began to talk to them, baptism was not a foreign subject. So let me explain that. So even if you go back to the Old Testament, there was baptisms that happened in the Old Testament. They represented maybe ceremonial washing. Uh, even back during that time, John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus, he baptized, right? He had, he had his own followers. So any rabbi or sect leader, they would have baptisms. But this one was going to be different because of what baptism represented. So depending on your faith, depending on how you grew up, you may have different thoughts of what baptism is. So let me say this at the top. Baptism is God's idea, not mine, right? But I'll say this. It is the common uniform we all wear. It's how I show what team I'm on. So let's write down a couple thoughts. Maybe we can break it out and make it more simple. Number one, baptism is for followers of Jesus, not fans. It's for followers. It's for people that go, yeah, I'm one of his. I'm on his team. I was on this team. I accepted Jesus. Baptism is a way that I show that I'm on God's team now. I've, I've been traded from a, a losing team to a winning team. Last year, Rosalie uh, Glacius, the closer for the Braves, uh, went from the cart, or went from, sorry, from the Angels and got traded to the Braves right during the pennant race. I mean, he goes from last place to first place. He was more than happy to put on a Braves uni. He was more than happy. Why? Because he wanted to join a winning team. So baptism is a picture of the team. I want you to look with me real quick. Jesus says in verse 19, therefore go and make what of all nations? What's it say next? Disciples. So let's talk about that. I want you to write a little phrase out under that. Ready? And the phrase is dust of the rabbi. Literally a disciple means I walk in the dust of the rabbi. I follow so close to the one that I get his dust on me. That's what it means to be a disciple. It means that you walk in step with your leader. You emulate them. You teach like them, you talk like them, you act like them. That is what it meant to be a disciple. Jesus was all about followers, not fans. In fact, you'll find every time in the gospel the crowd would get big, they would raise the stakes and thin the crowd every time. Because Jesus is concerned about followers not fans. Why? Because followers change the world, not fans. Fans get off when the team isn't good. Fans desert when the going gets tough. 
And Jesus goes, listen, if we're going to change the world, I need followers. Disciple means to follow in the death of the rabbi, to emulate him. So question for you. Was Jesus baptized, yes or no? Yes. He was baptized by his cousin John. That's how he began his ministry. At the age of 30, when it was time for him to begin his ministry, he went down in the water and asked John to baptize him. These guys all understood that Jesus had begun a process that he expected to be emulated from then on. Why? Because since that day, since this great commission in, in Matthew chapter 28, these 11 guys and the other followers, the other 120, they did a pretty good job because here we sit in 2023. They went out and they made disciples. They made followers of him. They made followers, not fans. Number two, baptism is the public profession of my faith. It is my way of saying outwardly what Jesus has done in me in, inwardly. And it's the common uniform we all wear. It is the one jersey. Because in this room today, you've got Ohio State, you've got Georgia, you've got Seahawks, you've got Cowboys. I think I saw one Jets come through. I think they were praying. But anyways, so we've had, we've had all kinds of jerseys. I haven't seen any Georgia jerseys today. I've seen Gator jerseys and Tech jerseys. I don't think there's any Georgia fans here. But anyway, so there's been a lot of jerseys walked through. So we all wear very different, just kidding, all right, very different uniforms. But baptism is the one common uniform that we wear. Look at the way Jesus said it. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why did he say it that way? And I broke it out for you. The Son, Jesus, died for you. I want you to get this. He didn't just die. He died for you. I want you to repeat after me. He died for me. That's the story. So when Jesus says, I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's for Jesus, he died for you, but the Father that pursued you, he pursued you. Psalm 139, the psalmist David says, his thoughts for you outnumber the grains of sand. He thinks about you all the time. He has been in pursuit of you for years. It wasn't just the friend that invited you to be here. It was a God that's been after you and your grandparents have been praying for you for years. And the Holy Spirit that now lives in me. So in a few weeks, we're gonna walk out to the springs and we're gonna say, somebody's name, and we're going to say, because of your profession of faith in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, in obedience to his commands, it is our honor now to baptize you in the name of the Father that pursued you, the Son that died for you, and the Holy Spirit that lives in you, buried with Christ in his death and raised to walk in newness of life. See, when Jesus walked in that tomb and he was taken off that cross and put in that tomb, it literally is the picture of us going under that water saying, I have 
died with Jesus. And when we come up out of that water, I'm raised to walk in newness of life like he walked out of that tomb. It is representative of the resurrection of Jesus. It is, it's not just an act. It's what it means. That's why they had all kinds of baptisms back then. But this one was different because of what it represented. It represented that on a Friday, Jesus died. But on Sunday, you got up, he got up, and he walked out. And when we put you under that water, we don't keep you under for three days. All right, we put you under, and then we bring you right back up. And it's the picture of the new life in Christ. It's a powerful story of faith. See, in America, we celebrate big things, right? How many of you are a parent in the room? Raise your hand if you're a parent. How many of you have thrown a birthday party for your child? Okay, great. If you haven't, shame on you, all right? And so throwing a birthday party is a great thing, all right? We celebrate big things. Back when we had kids, you know, we found out we were having a boy. I think we told my parents and her parents and some close friends. Now, you have gender reveals, right? If you're having a boy, if I jump out of the airplane and I have a blue parachute, all right, it's a boy. If I jump out, it's a pink parachute. It's a girl, right? We have these big, everything's big, right? We celebrate everything. Now, well, on October 26, 1991, I'd fallen in love with a little girl from Charleston, West Virginia, while we were students together at Liberty. And on October 26, 1991, we said, I do. There are three couples at North Star that were there, but that is a picture. I know you go, that looks like Ann. Who is that guy? All right. And so that is me. That is me. It's a long time ago, long time ago. And we celebrated that day. And here's a picture of us standing at the altar at her little church. And, and not a little church, it was a big church in West Virginia. Nothing says 1990s like orange carpet. All right, and so we're, we're standing there at the altar. And I, we had all my groomsmen, all my old buddies, my ball team, and some of my buddies from high school. And we stood there that day. And I was nervous as a cat now, nervous. I was nervous, and I remember we were standing there at the altar, and we're, we're looking at each other, and I'm like, God, I'm I can't believe I'm doing this. This is unbelievable, right? I mean, I was in love with Ann way before she liked me. I was in love with her, and finally, I wore her down and, and just, just stayed on her tail all the time about stuff, and so finally, she said, I do, and we're, we're starting a new life together, and we're standing at the altar, and I remember the pastor goes, Mike, do you take Beth as your lawfully wedded wife? Beth is her sister. <laughs> We're in West Virginia. I don't know if this is customary. I'm not real sure how this whole thing works up there. And I didn't know what to say. I'm like, do I go, no? All right. I, I, didn't, I remember looking at Anne like, what's happening here? And he goes, oh, I mean Anne. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm all in on Anne. All right. So that day we said yes. And we got married. Best outside salvation, best decision ever made. So for those of you who don't know Ann, she's the greatest person in the world, my best friend in the world. And the best thing I've ever done outside salvation was marrying her. The greatest thing. She's Benjamin Button. She gets younger. It's the craziest thing. She just keeps looking younger. But that day, we traded rings. Rings are an outward visible sign of the invisible commitment we made that day to be husband and wife. This is like ring number eight for me. But anyway, so it's very important. And, and this ring, ring, don't judge me, you've lost them too, all right? And so this ring represents something. Listen, baptism is an outward visible picture of the invisible commitment you've made. I have never met a game changer 
stayed in the shadows. The game changers I've met went, here I am. You can count on me. Look at number three. So hit this. Key, baptism in the Bible always comes after faith, not before. It's a big deal. For a lot of you, you made a decision for Christ when you were in high school, college, but you may have been baptized when you were little, and it, but it didn't, you got wet. You had no idea what it meant. You got saved later. For me, I joined the church when I was 12. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just joining, they baptized me, it was great. But a few years later, the whole thing of who Jesus was, I'm like, oh, I get it. And I remember my youth pastor going, Mike, baptism comes after salvation because it's saying, you're saying, I identify with that. Now, here's a sticking point for many of you. You were sprinkled as a child. Episcopalian, Catholic, Methodist. So let's just ask this. How many of y'all were sprinkled as an infant? Raise your hand. Look around the room. It's unbelievable. So let's talk about this. I was listening to a good friend of mine speak yesterday. The day you were sprinkled, Yes or no? Did you have a choice in that? Yes or no? No, right? That was a decision your parents made. It was an awesome decision because what your parents were saying that day is what we say in dedication. I am praying my child follows Jesus. When you are baptized now as an adult, you're an answer to your parents' prayers. You aren't disregarding what they did. What you're saying is, because of those prayers, I am now choosing to follow Jesus. But baptism always comes after salvation. And baptism, number three, tells those watching, I'm ready for what's next. I'm ready. Put me in, coach. Jesus said, I want you to tell them to obey all my commands I've given you. The greatest thing we will ever do in life is follow the plan that God laid out for us. And I'm telling you, baptism is one of those plans because it's an opportunity for us to tell our story to our friends and our family, our kids, our coworkers. Say, I'm one of his. I'm, I'm with him. I wear that uniform. This is the team I'm on. You know, Team North Star. You're on Team Jesus. It's not a North Star thing. I am not, listen, I'm gonna go ahead and just, so if you're new and you're visiting North Star, Mike, are there smarter pastors around? <laughs> Let me answer that. Yes, I'll save you visiting, all right? And so they're a lot smarter. But here's what I've learned over these long years of walking with the Lord. My job is to do the next right thing obedience, long obedience in the same direction. Baptism is a step of obedience. You may be in this room and you're an adult and you're like, what are people gonna think? You know what they're gonna think? Dude, that's gutsy. That's gutsy. What are my kids gonna think? They're gonna think, I hope one day I follow like mom and dad do. Ladies and gentlemen, we were not put here to sit on Blue Springs Road. We were put here to change the world. And the command he gave them is the same command for us. Go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? God, in this room today are some that had no idea you did it for them. God, they're sitting here today and a friend invited them, a neighbor invited them, a coworker invited them, or maybe they've been coming for a while and they're like, holy smokes, it's like the light came on today. I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. What Jesus did for me on the cross was for me. And what he did getting up out of that tomb was for me. Yeah, it was. If that's you here today, and that light bulb came on, would you say, Jesus, would you save me? It is the one prayer God always answers, and the answer is yes. And he peeks over heaven today. And he sees you and he's like, yes. Welcome home. Some of you, you have been wrestling this for years. You're a believer, but you came to, you came to faith after you were baptized. And you're like, like, I know what I need to do and I've just not done it. Father, give them the guts and the courage to do what you're calling them to do. God, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.